though neither he nor they have ever fought in a real battle, and they spend their time hunting deer, hares, wild boar, anything that moves swiftly, all over my lands, and then returning to Westbury filthy with mud, their horses blown, and with a thirst that would rival a Saracen's camel train. Since they arrived, a week hence, they have been working hard to drink my wine cellars dry night after night. I've already had to place a fresh order for another two dozen barrels with my Bordeaux merchants, the second one this year, and it's not yet October. I will need to order again before Christmas, I make no doubt. Their wild antics, their drunken bellowing, their endless, inane laughter keep me awake at night, even though their revels take place in the guest hall fifty yards from my quarters. And poorly rested when I rise at dawn, my irritation grows with each passing day, and my rising bile prevents me from concentrating satisfactorily on my labours on this parchment with quill and ink. I should admonish him, I know, but I love him. He is my only living issue. His father, my only son Robert, having died of a bloody flux more than ten years ago, and I too was young once, and enjoyed a cup of wine or two with friends and a little mirth. So, I believe I can endure a measure of youthful rowdiness for a little while longer. And for now, at this hour, Westbury is mercifully quiet, praise God. It is not long after dawn, a pleasingly chilly, misty morning, and young Arlen and his friends are sleeping off their surfeit of wine. I must seize this opportunity and begin to scratch out my tale, the tale of the great battle, perhaps the greatest battle of them all, a long and truly terrible siege that I took part in forty-odd years ago in Normandy, and the part played by my lord, my friend, the former outlaw, the thief, the liar, the ruthless mercenary, Robert Odo, the man the people knew as Robin Hood. The great hall of Nottingham Castle was warm and dry, and for once adequately illuminated against the shadows of the raw spring evening. A large rectangular building in the centre of the middle bailey of the most powerful castle in central England, the hall had been the scene of many uneasy moments for me over the years. I had been insulted, mocked and humiliated here as a youngster. I had fought for my life several times in its shadow. This beating heart of the castle had once been a place that I feared and avoided. But on this day, on the Ides of March in the year of our Lord 1201, I was a privileged guest within its embrace. It was bright as noon within, with the cheerful yellow light of scores of fat beeswax candles held fast on spikes in a dozen iron trees, six along each long wall, and a leaping blaze of applewood logs in the centre of the open space. Had it not been for the presence of fifty English and Norman knights standing awkwardly in murmuring clumps and dressed in all the finery they could muster, it might have been a cosy, domestic scene. Clearly, the newly appointed sheriff of Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire and the Royal Forests, Sir Hugh Bardolph, the constable of the castle, wished his most honoured guest to be at ease, and wisely so, for this guest was none other than the king himself, John only living son of old King Henry and Lord of England, Ireland, Normandy, Maine, Anjou, Poitou, and Aquitaine. I must admit, I despise the fellow 
king or no. To my mind, John was a cowardly, cruel, duplicitous fool. He had tried to destroy me on several occasions, and I had only survived by the grace of God Almighty and the help of my friends. I had no doubt that if he ever brought himself to recall some of our past encounters, and he thought there would be no repercussions, he would seek to have me dispatched forthwith. I felt the same about him. Indeed, I would have happily danced barefoot all night on his freshly filled grave. But I continued my existence on this earth as a minor knight of the shires with only one small manor to his name, because I was just too insignificant for the king to notice. I was, indeed, beneath his royal contempt. I also had a powerful protector in the form of my lord, Robert Odo, erstwhile Earl of Loxley, a man who, at this very moment,